Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 215 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. My guest for this episode is Eric Satz, founder and CEO of Alto. Alto provides investment access to alternative assets. Eric's been running Alto for the past nine years. Uh, before that, interestingly, he ran an online organic home delivery grocery business, which was going just fabulously, according to him, until the 2008 financial crisis. Before that, he co-founded an online foreign currency exchange platform for large corporations, which he sold to State Street in 2007. Uh, Eric's an entrepreneur and former investment banker, uh, having in the past worked for DLJ Credit Suisse First Boston. Eric also served on the board of the Tennessee Valley Authority from 2015 to 2018, and he was, he was appointed by President Obama. Eric's a Miami native and a diehard Canes and Dolphins fan, and he went to Amherst College. After years in New York City and then San Francisco, he and his wife moved to Nashville, her hometown, to raise their kids. Eric is on the Forbes Finance Council, and you can check out more about his company at altoria.com. But before we get started, let's talk about tech stacks. We've seen the tech stacks of hundreds of RIAs. Let me tell you, most of them are loaded down with tech debt. So you shouldn't feel too bad about yours. Let's face it. Tech debt is a giant anchor holding back your business growth. You want to free your firm for exponential growth. You should run, not walk, to our website, ezragroup.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can evaluate your technology ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and operations, or even run an RFP and help you implement new software to get your firm to the next level. You can take advantage of our free consultation by going to ezragroup.com. Now, a few housekeeping items. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Check out the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation at investinothers.org. Now, let's kick this thing off. This is a treat. I get to introduce our next guest. It's Eric Satz, founder and CEO of Alto IRA. Eric, thanks for being here, man. Craig, thanks for having me. I am excited to talk to you. Where are you calling in from? Nashville, Tennessee, also known as Music City and also known as the healthcare capital of the world. <laughs> That's cool. All those are good to know. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to go there next year. I think I have a conference there. So I'm, I'm excited to be in Nashville for the first time. We be- like when people visit and spend money. Oh, yeah. It's always good. Uh, so uh, can you, uh, let's just jump in on this. Can you please provide a 30-second elevator pitch for Alto? Absolutely. And and Alto has evolved since 2018 when we first launched purely as an alternative IRA provider, um, which means that you can access your retirement funds and invest in alternative assets. So non-registered, non-publicly traded securities. About six to eight weeks ago, we launched the Alto Marketplace. So it used to be that you had to have the alternative asset that you wanted to invest in with your retirement funds. Now you can come to Alto and find alternative assets that you want to invest in with your retirement funds. And so that's uh, that's the platform in a nutshell today. What are the trends in the market that you saw back in 2018 when you launched the original product? What was it that drove you to 
uh, see the need for this particular uh, solution. So we actually have to go back to 2013 when I first used my retirement money to invest in a private company that I was involved with. And I had this, let's just say, terrible or, or suboptimal experience. And uh, so, so I did what any other um, individual would do, which was I repeated the process two more times. And uh, unfortunately, the, the experience got worse. I, I, I was trying to figure out whether the problem was an Eric problem or a systemic, you know, industry-wide problem. And I, fortunately for me, I, I concluded the latter rather than the former. And so what I actually saw was no trend. Right. So there were there were twenty five trillion dollars sitting in retirement accounts at the time. And basically none of it was getting invested in alternative assets. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was crazy, because if you look at wealthy people and if you look at professional institutional investors, they're going to invest anywhere between 20 to 80 percent of their portfolio in alternative assets. And here we are, the rest of us mm -hmm. investing almost nothing in alternative assets. And I felt like that needed to change. I was very interested in in your product really for a personal reason because I've got some private investments and it was a real pain in the ass to get the um I, I wanted to invest with my IRA money and yeah. trying to do it was uh it wasn't there's, there's a couple more providers out there but it wasn't it was it still wasn't easy even though there was a provider that I'm working with that claimed it was all going to be smooth it was still the paperwork <laughs> was annoying it was all PDFs. It was, it was, it, you know, the clip was technically it's digital, but I'm, I'm still filling out PDF forms. I don't understand what they're asking me for, right? They're asking for copies of, you know, the paperwork, like my, you know, my agreement with these different, because I've, I've invested in a couple of private businesses. Uh, and you're doing all the work too. I'm doing a lot of work. Yeah. So um, anybody who wants to know what, what I'm invested in can look at our, our website, but yeah, so I'm interested in, in many ways to make, how did you make it easier to invest in private investments in an IRA? You know, so so that's a great question. And the first investment I made all the way back in 2013 took me about 10 weeks to complete. Mm. And and as you know, having been through this, like at least for me, if it weren't for the fact that I was on the board, the company would have just said, you know, mm. rounds closed. Thanks. But no, thanks. We're mm you know, next time just write a check out of your checking account. Yeah, right. And um, so, so fortunately, each time I did this, I was involved with the company I was investing in. And, and so I had some wiggle room, some flexibility. And what I concluded was that if this opportunity were to become real, then we would actually have to do for alternative IRA investing what TurboTax did for self-filing. Mm -hmm. which was take this people, paper burden, time-consuming, expensive process and eliminate all that shit and make it super easy for anyone to participate. And, you know, to, so this was known as the self-directed IRA industry, which yeah. is kind of like saying natural food. Because you can have a self-directed IRA account at Schwab or Fidelity, which just means that you get to pick the public equities that you invest in on those platforms, so long as they're approved by their investment committee. We set out to build the alternative IRA industry, which says, 
you can actually invest in anything you want to invest in so long as it's not against the rules as you know laid out by the the irs and so you know TurboTax was the north star if you will and if we could um, take technology and rip out people and paper and and put in place a scalable platform that allowed tens of millions to participate instead of tens of thousands, then we thought that was an interesting opportunity because we'd be um, we'd be releasing or or enabling trillions of dollars that are sitting in retirement accounts mm -hmm. to participate in the alternative asset sector that previously was walled off from participation for all the reasons that we talked about earlier. Time consuming, too expensive, too complicated. I have no idea what the custodian is asking me for. And what I discovered in my process of getting ready to launch Alto was that most of the things that were being asked for weren't required. Right. It, 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 like it, it was not actually part of the regulatory or legal environment. And so what we set out to do was to explain those things um, that were actually needed and to only ask for those things that are actually needed. Right. And and by doing that, um, we seem to have hit a nerve <laughs> or a vein, if you will. And it, you know, 30,000 accounts and $1.1 billion later seems to be right. working. Yeah, man, I, I I think so. So, is there anything that I can't invest in? So, any private investment, like a any you know a, a preferred stock? How about debt? What if, what if some investments are structured as debt? Can you can we hold those? You 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 absolutely can. So the restrictions actually, um, I'm going to say, fall in two major buckets. The first is that you can't use your retirement money. <clears throat> to invest in anything that's controlled by you mm -hmm. or your direct ascendants or descendants. Right. So, so that's the big no, no. And by the way, when you go to the Alto platform uh, and you say, Hey, I want to invest in this thing. We ask the questions that you simply answer yes or no to. Mm -hmm. And if you've set off a red flag, we tell you like, no, that's a bad idea. Right. Can't do that. Um, so, so that's one bucket. The other bucket is investing directly in what, um, what's referred to as collectibles. So mm -hmm. what you can't do is go buy a Picasso mm -hmm. with your retirement money to hang on your wall. You can't go mm -hmm. buy an antique automobile mm -hmm. and put it in your garage. Right. right. What you can do is go buy security interest in these things yeah. and have an, a, you know, a slice of fractional ownership interest in yeah. these things. That's legal. If someone tokenized a Picasso. You, you can blockchain. Yes. Right. How about safe notes? All good. Yeah. All right. I'm, 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 uh, I'm having trouble poking holes in this. All right. So let's, uh, so forget my problems, which uh, are many, but if um, I'm a financial advisor, I'll say I'm not. Let's say if I was a financial advisor, yep. how do I take advantage of your platform? So uh, 
if you're a financial advisor and you have clients who want to invest in alternative assets, um, right now, the first thing you can do is refer your clients to Alto. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, we've made this stupid simple so that someone like me can, you know, open an account and transfer funds uh, without too much intellectual burden. So mm -hmm. uh, either your client can come to Alto and create the account, or you can go to Alto and create the account on on behalf of your client. Um, mm -hmm. The the advisor specific features on the platform today. I'm I'm just being honest are are limited in scope, mm -hmm. but we have a significant advisor roadmap that we're operating against, such that if you have discretionary power, mm -hmm. uh, discretionary investment power for for your client, you'll be able to execute uh, in that way on the platform in the future, 2024, just not 2023. Understood. Can you expand on that? So what do you mean I execute on the platform? Will you integrate with existing portfolio management systems? Can, um, is how, how easy is it going to be for me as an advisor, if I was an advisor to say, okay, I want to invest, I want my client to invest in this private security? Yeah. So the holy grail, right, is to, is to be integrated with all the TAMPs that are out there. Mm -hmm. That is a long process. And, and, you know, there are companies that are formed simply just to try and do mm -hmm. all that. Right. That's not our objective. That's that's not our end game. Mm. Um, we're trying to make it easy for advisors to help their clients diversify their portfolios. But mm. how that um, financial reporting and how that financial relationship you know, continues to exist between the advisor and client is is between them, not not mm. us. Of course, yeah, and we'd love to see some integrations with Tamps and. And other platforms as well. You and me both. <laughs> to make it. Uh, do you have any any in particular you're looking at to start with, or any? How, like, how would it work if if I was running on one of the most popular RIA platforms um, in in your on your roadmap? You know, if, if in, a, in a perfect world, how would I access Alto's uh, private funds? Yeah. So we're we're in discussions right now with a couple of different platforms who are already integrated with, you know, Black Diamond, Orion, Investnet, Adapar. And, and that seems like a good uh, shortcut for us. Mm -hmm. um, I can't tell you which we're going to do first. Okay. But if for, forgetting which ones you were, you would do first, how would, how would you envision it working? Would I, would it just see it as an oh, item in the portfolio? Yeah, yeah. So, so you would get a direct report from Alto into your uh, reporting platform, right? Mm -hmm. That's the so. But, but right now, all, all, all that you would do is download a report mm -hmm. from the Alto website and have to incorporate it into your right. uh, portfolio discussion with with your client. Which, you know, it's it's an additional step. It only takes a couple minutes, but if we all learn anything from um, Amazon, you know, one click is better than two. Indeed, I mean the the way I would see it, would you, you'd be you'd want to look like a custodian, right? So well, we are a custodian. I, I understand. You're right, right. If, so if you were to present yourself as a custodian, then they would just plug you in that way, and then that's something they they do all the time. 
um, who who plugs us in all the time? I'm custodians, saying, that is. If you were to look like a custodian to any of the companies you mentioned, um, any, of, any of those vendors offer tech platforms that uh, support many, many custodians, and they're used to pulling in custodial data. So if you were to say, look, we're just another custodian, but we're a custodian of private assets. Here's how our, here's our layout or file format. They could then bring that in and show that to a client as, as here's, here's your, I mean, they're all multi-custodial, all those platforms you mentioned, and they can show whether you're at Schwab, Fidelity, Pershing, or at Alto, here's your accounts and here's your total holdings. Yeah, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg because right now we don't have a lot of RIAs holding alternative assets. And so those platforms are saying, why are we going to spend time integrating with you mm. if we don't have any of our existing customers holding alternative assets? So there's a little bit of a chicken and egg that way. And so mm. instead, what we're doing is we're going to market to the advisor community saying, hey, as we build momentum, then we'll be able to 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 pull in the 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 tamps but that you know there's so there's there's so many chicken and eggs out there you just kind of got to solve for one side and 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 then let the other develop after the fact that is what we've seen with a lot of the startups we work with yeah you got to build it to sometimes you got to build it and then and hope they come uh, there are some statistics on your website. Well, I did. Well, I, Craig, I'm, I, I don't want to build it and, and hope they come. So if I were to to to, to do that, then mm -hmm. I would build, go ahead and and really build an integration first to mm -hmm. uh, the, to the TAMPS. And I'd focus on trying to build an integration first to the TAMPS. Instead, what I really want to do is focus on the demand side, which is the advisors, mm -hmm. Uh, because we we do have a product that is really important for portfolio diversification, and mm -hmm. that is alternative assets. And so, um, you know, we see a growing demand coming from advisors themselves. But more importantly, those advisors are getting asked by their clients, how do I get exposure to, to alternative assets so that I can reduce overall portfolio volatility? Mm -hmm. And of course increase long-term returns. And so we're going to focus on the demand side and then let, you know, supply fill in after. Excellent point. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. The um, On your website, you have a couple of statistics. 36% uh, of financial advisors indicate lower volatility from alternatives. 44% report alternatives are differentiating them from other firms. So um, we talk about diversification. Do you see that as driving additional demand? And will you be providing any tools for advisors to better understand how their volatility has changed by alternative investments? So I'm going to maybe go back and up a level for a minute. I, mm -hmm. I, I think the first thing that most advisors are looking for today is educational material to help them get smart in alternative asset sectors, right? They know the public markets mm -hmm. um, and, and they've been at it for a while and, and they've had a lot of educational material that's that's been available to them. The private markets are, you know, they're, they're a different universe. And yep. so I think it's our first 
responsibility and objective to provide the necessary materials for advisors to understand how to evaluate alternative asset opportunities. Mm. I, th- I, I think the um, I think the second level, and I'm not even thinking about this right now, mm. but I, I'm an- trying to trying to answer your question. I think the second level is okay. Was volatility reduced uh, by how much and and did performance go up? But when we put this in the context of uh, a public marketplace that has 60% of, uh, but by number, 60% of the public companies that we used to have mm. and, and of which only 400 really matter for, um, uh, for, for, positive returns in the markets, those 400, you can find some combination of them in almost every ETF mutual fund or index fund, mm-hmm. which, which means, you know, at some point buying one more ETF mutual fund or index fund doesn't get you any more diversification. It just, sure. just gets you one more ETF or mutual fund. Uh, and and so that the real way to add diversification is in the alternative asset world, right? Whether whether that's real estate, private equity, venture capital, artwork, uh, crypto, you know, that this is, and by the way, it's not a bet it all on red mm-hmm. approach. It's, there's a power law involved. And so you have to have lots of investments, the same way you do in public markets, right? You have to have lots of investments you know, within given given segments of of the uh, the verticals. A recent survey that came out showed there was over twelve trillion dollars invested in private markets at the end of last year, and that um, advisors who are investing in private investments, alternative investments, almost one hundred percent say they plan to maintain or increase their allocations. Do you see that as a strong headwind for your future growth? Did did you mean tailwind? A tailwind, yes. Do you see it as a tailwind? (laughs) Sorry. Tailhead, Um, what's the difference? That's all I'm saying. I want tailwinds, not headwinds. I feel like the last last 18 months has has been one big uh, headwinds. Yeah. so so the the short answer is yes um major tailwind um i can't remember the last statistic i saw but i think that 12 trillion dollar number is maybe expected to to double over the next 5 mm-hmm. years um and I, I i think i read that recently i could be making it up too but well um, whoever gave whoever made that whoever published that statistic made that up right where they come up with doubling like they just pulled it out of there, you know what? So I, I, I'm, ch- I, I'm sure there are highly paid consultants somewhere who, who, uh, who publish that number, which Indeed. you know, great works for for our purposes for for this discussion. So yes, I, I think it's a huge tailwind. I think um, more and more advisors will be um, embracing the alternative asset opportunity as a way to differentiate themselves from their competitors. Right, especially in a world where there are more "quote unquote" robo advisors, uh, whether you're at Fidelity, Schwab, Betterment, Wealthfront, you know, 
pick a traditional mm -hmm. broker dealer platform, you're going to find a robo advisor capability. Mm -hmm. Why do I necessarily need to pay a human being to pick mutual funds and ETFs for me and pay them more than I would otherwise, you know, get for next to free? So um, the way to differentiate is, you know, going forward, in my opinion, is is by understanding, exploring, and uh, introducing your clients to alternative assets. Yep. The past few years has seen a rush of startups uh, in the alternative investment space. Some of them we've had on our program uh, since a lot of advisors are, are interested in uh, this, these platforms. And uh, we get asked by our RIA and broker-dealer clients all the time about alternative investments. So firms, uh, the big ones like iCapital and Case, uh, and lots of up-and-coming firms like Halo and Luma, Simon Markets, Opto from Joe Lonsdale, Fundrise, so with all this competition and the segment is getting crowded, how does Alto differentiate yourselves? Well, first of all, I think there are a number of really good companies in that list. And um, certainly iCapital and Case have been at this for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think both of them have, have carved out, and I'm not going to say niche, I mean, iCapital in specific, very large market opportunity mm -hmm. with uh, what is known as the the white shoe firms, right? So Goldman, Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, UBS, et cetera, where um, their bread and butter comes from qualified participant participation mm -hmm. in uh, some of the largest traditional uh, capital call funds, you know, on, on the planet, the, the Blackstones of the world, right? And, you know, for those who don't know, qualified participants are individuals um, who have $5 million of, of net worth and therefore qualify to participate in, uh, in, in the Blackstone funds and, and similar funds. We're really focused um, below that radar, so in order, you know, companies like Blackstone get approved by UBS's investment committee and Morgan Stanley's investment committee and Goldman Sachs's investment committee. And they're enormous players in the space, right? Like trillion dollars in, in assets under management. We're really focused on private equity funds and venture capital funds who are going to be kind of billion dollars in down, or mm -hmm. I should say below and you're not going to find them available on uh, the UBS platform and the Morgan Stanley platform. And yet, these are some of the best fund managers in the world. Yep. They're, they're just doing it at a different scale that works for them. Indeed. So you said under a billion? Yeah, in terms of funds, yes. If your company takes off, things are doing really well. You're bringing in a lot of money. All these other competitors are bringing in a lot of money. Do you see this becoming possibly too successful if, if things do double, as you mentioned, to 25 trillion in the next couple of years? Will that dilute the market and reduce the opportunities for outsized returns from alternatives? I think private markets, by their very nature, are inefficient. And when you have inefficient markets, you have opportunities for outsized returns. Hmm. 
That's not to say that over time, they won't become more efficient. I just don't think that's in the next, you know, five to 10 years. Got it. So we've got at least got five to 10 more years of runway before we have to start looking at how to expand the alternative space. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think that's right. Mm -hmm. That's good for you guys. That it that would be good for us. Eric, uh, we've covered uh, not as much as I wanted to cover, but we're out of time. Uh, where can people find out more information about Alto? Uh, AltoIRA.com. A-L-T-O-I-R-A.com is as good a place as any to go. Fantastic. Eric, thank you so much for being on the program. Very informative and enlightening, especially for me. Craig, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Number one, Alto launched in 2018 as an alternative IRA provider, allowing people to invest their retirement funds in alternative assets. Because Eric saw a need to make it easier for people to invest in alternatives like the wealthy can do, but since most regular people have most of their net worth tied up in their IRAs, that was very difficult. Uh, Alta took a tedious paper-based process and digitized it into an easy workflow, and they focused on private equity and VC funds that are under a billion dollars that aren't on major broker-dealer platforms. Number three, Eric sees strong tailwinds in the alternative space due to advisor demand for alts to differentiate and diversify their client portfolios. All right, that's it. You've reached the end of another uh, Wealth Tech Today podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. But before you go, head over to our uh, website, ezragroup.com, Scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, information updates. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for listening and talk to you all again next time. <music>